Approaching life from a, a connected standpoint is crucial. Understanding that we're not silos from each other or our food or our own spirits and that we're all connected in this interlocking web. You know, everything from the mycelial blanket underneath the soil to our next door neighbor to the Eiffel Tower, you know, we're all intertwined together. That's one of our guests, Bronwyn Beata, co-owner of Sarva Superfood, writer and visionary artist. Stay tuned to find out the many ways that you can benefit from cultivating an abundance mindset as we continue our conversation with Bronwyn and founder of Sarva Superfood, Derek Van Atta. I'm Lisa Byrne. And I'm Lori Gambacorda. We're your co-hosts. Welcome to the Epic Conscious Living Podcast, Transform Yourself, Impact the World. Educating, empowering, and inspiring you to live a spiritual, healthy, and sustainable lifestyle. Building a community that elevates consciousness for the greater good. We make it easy for you to be epic. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. We appreciate you. And if you haven't gotten a chance, please hit the subscribe button. And you mentioned mentality and spirituality. So so let's dive into that a little bit because that's the importance of a holistic perspective and understanding food and really what food is doing because our spirit and our energy is actually primary. And so a lot of the standard American diet is actually interfering with that energy. And so it's more than genetics and epigenetics. It's really understanding that we are first and foremost energetic and vibrational beings and that the food that we take in should be a match to that. It should be, (laughs) at the very least, it shouldn't be causing an interference. We want to ingest things, not just food, but what we're taking in in terms of other information, media, (laughs) relationships, (laughs) uh, all the information we're taking in. You know, we've we've got to look at it in that bigger perspective. So you you want to dive a little in into that in terms of spirituality and mentality and how that affects the overall health picture. Yeah, I would just say that approaching life from a a connected standpoint is crucial. Understanding that we're not silos from each other or our food or our own spirits, and that we're all connected in this interlocking web. You know, everything from the mycelial blanket underneath the soil to our next door neighbor to the Eiffel Tower, you know, we're all intertwined together. And by understanding this relationship, you know, there's this, sorry, I wanted to start, but maybe you should have started. No, this is, no, I'm loving it. I'm all all in. Yeah. So really it's connectedness is the default position, whether we look at it from a mystical perspective, a spiritual perspective or, or physics, I mean, physics proved a long time ago, we just live inside energy soup. We are all little, like little chunks of carrots in energy soup, really, like just to give, put a visual on it and just to lighten it up and make it kind of playful. Like literally there is no hard and fast separation, right? Everything is condensed energy. Physics taught us that, right? So we can look at it from that standpoint, but then there's all these like psychic connections, like all kinds of people are always saying, oh my gosh, I was about to say the same thing. 
like there's just so many of those kinds of little proofs, you know, that everything's interconnected. And I think really looking at our media diet is underestimated. And I mean, every aspect of media from music, that's just background music, like what channel are you putting on your Pandora or Spotify? Like, is it going to be neutral or is it going to degrade you a little bit? Or is it going to upgrade you a little bit? Like you said, Lori, like what's in alignment with our spirit food wise. So back to the food thing. So a burger and fries is probably not going to upgrade your vibrational frequency as much as, you know, a really great fresh salad. It's just common sense. We don't have to get really too complex about it. But something that I want to include here is the diet that we feed ourselves uh, in our own minds and in our own hearts. So how are we speaking to ourselves internally? Are we bringing ourselves down? Are we critiquing everything? Are we complaining a lot about ourselves or calling ourselves stupid or other people? Because that's just a projection of what's inside anyway. So I think that, you know, the more that we're understanding this underlying connection that we have to all that is, then there isn't this fight anymore. You know, there isn't this I have to beat myself up because I didn't eat that salad or, or I'm eating this burger. I think, you know, if you're going to eat a burger or a pizza or whatever goes against what you think your body might want, just know that in this moment that, that you're, whatever you're choosing to put into your body, you're still whole, you're still good enough. You're still perfect. And, and that never really changes. You know, I think that there can be this feeling of like, well, I've got to be just right. And I've got to eat these superfoods. And I'm, I'm speaking for myself, uh, you know, and I, maybe others can relate to it. But there's this, this feeling of like, oh, I want this ice cream. I hate myself. Well, then that ice cream is really not going to taste good at all, really, is it? Right. You know, like, oh, I don't want to get fat or, you know, and it's like, well, no, I'm actually perfect as I am. And I'm making this choice. And in the end, I love myself. And so it's rephrasing how we speak internally, and then how we're viewing the world. And and how it, it is all connected, it is all holistic and bringing it together. It's how, how our mental state is, how, how we are doing spiritually. And that's major. That's a huge thing to do day by day, meal by meal, in between meals, when it's like, oh, I shouldn't eat, I just ate. What are you afraid of? You know, is it indigestion? Or is it getting fat? Or is it not, not appearing to be uh, self controlled or disciplined or spiritual enough or Mm. whatever, you know, it's let it let it be, you are whole in this moment. Yeah, and there's a great phrase that um, is becoming more popular as a preliminary to some choices we make. And it's this, because of how much I love myself, dot, dot, dot. So because of how much I love myself, I'm not going to beat myself up for having this, a couple little cups of sake with dinner or whatever thing that I'm tempted to judge myself, which is fine. It's not a big deal, right? Or it could be, oh, because of how much I love myself, I'm not going to have that third can of beer or something like 
I'm just, you know, so it could be a preliminary for an action that involves the good side of some restraint. But more importantly, it could just be like what Bronwyn said, like, because of how much I love myself, I recognize my permanent perfection as part of all that is. And I don't have to prove my worthiness by eating some fanatically pure diet that's unrealistic. I think that's a very significant point. It's hard to be in the perfection mode at all times and not satisfy our humanness. I mean, you can't just eat perfection 100% of the time. I love your packaging that says, love yourself, love everybody. That's what we have to do with our food too, right? If we're going to eat it, then we want to love that before we're ingesting it, whether it's an okay choice or it's really an optimal choice for us at the moment. And there is that wisdom of Ben Franklin of moderation. So if we can keep that in mind and eat a good portion of our meals as high vibe foods, then then it's okay on occasion to have a little bit of indulgence. And I think this subject particularly applies to the West. I don't think that, I think it's mostly in the West, we become so obsessed with what we eat and the way we look and that all play a role in that. You know, I, I don't think that more holistic cultures, more Eastern cultures, the populations have grown up understanding that interconnectedness in, in a way that we really don't in the West they probably don't have as much of this angst around diet. And it might depend on the section of uh, the East. (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, a couple of things come to mind, but yeah, yeah. In general, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that we humans have great capacity for, creativity and imagination, both positively and negatively. Like we imagine so many scenarios for ourselves that are negative and so much creativity can go into negative self-talk and negative beliefs that are really based on falsehoods. There's so many flavors of not good enough that are potential in the human psyche. You know, oh, I'm not tall enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not strong enough. My biceps aren't big enough for a a female to like me. I mean, there's just, there's dozens and dozens of flavors of not good enough. And they're all based on falsehoods. You wrote a book in 2009 and that, that has 101 simple keys to giving people some ideas around how they can live a more abundant and healthy, thoughtful lifestyle. So talk a little bit about the book. There's some keys in there that obviously you can bring to light for people. Well, I think the biggest takeaway, I mean, the, the theme that's the most important is uh, a mindset shift and a reframe from scarcity to abundance. We, uh, we've been raised with a lot of emphasis on scarcities that are unhelpful. So, you know, yes, if you are stranded someplace without food and water, you do have a genuine scarcity that's, you know, a problem for your survival. Or in a more immediate sense, if all of a sudden the, the air was sucked out of the room we're in, you know, there's a scarcity of of oxygen for us to breathe, we're in trouble. But almost all the rest of the scarcities are just imagined. Like, for instance, anywhere we look outside, even the most simple bush 
in your yard or in a parking lot, if we really look at it and we really tune into the unbelievable abundance of life force that's occurring in a bush or a tree or a patch of grass, and we really actually recognize what's there. So abundance is the default position in our universe. And way back thousands of years ago, and this quote is the beginning of the book, is that quote from the ancient Upanishads, that from abundance, abundance is taken, and yet abundance still remains. It's just like you know, especially astronomy, you look, you look at any picture of the solar system and you realize how infinite it is, let alone the galaxy, let alone how many galaxies. Bronwyn's a big fan of astronomy. She loves to like for bedtime reading right before we fall asleep, she'll pull out an astronomy book and blow our minds with <laughs> like, you know, information that's just like so vast and so hugely, infinitely abundant. It's good to blow one's mind before bed. (laughs) (laughs) Have better dreams of of, like beautiful nebulae or something like that. But anyway, yeah. So I think that, um, so, you know, this, the book and more importantly, just how we live, how to live abundantly. It's really that mindset of let's look for all the abundances outside ourselves. Like I mentioned, you know, in nature, but inside ourselves, we every moment, we've got the capacity for an abundance of love. No matter how much I love you two who are interviewing us today, it can never take anything away from my love for Bronwyn, right? And if I love my cat, it doesn't take anything away from my love for my dog. They actually are accretive rather than dilutive, if I can use that kind of nerdy language around it. It's like the more we start tuning into what's abundant inside and around us, the more it's just this positive cascade. Absolutely. And I think what underlies what you're saying is the point that many people are actually living in a conceptualized reality. Like we're so much in our heads so much of the time that we don't often take the time to be still and actually feel the abundance of energy in our own bodies. Absolutely. Yeah, the great mystics would often use the example, like, look at just the tip of one of your fingers and think about what's going on just in the tip of one finger. It's actually a whole universe from the capillary action, like literally how many hundreds of feet of blood vessels are going on, plus nerves, plus there's metabolism going on in all those millions of cells there. Each of those cells has like thousands of mitochondrial beings functioning. It's mind-blowing in a good way. (laughs) Inspiring, really. And really back to another little technique. We live very much in our heads and we're in a very virtual world. We're doing this right now. You know, uh, we're in Hawaii and you guys are in Colorado, right? And it's beautiful. This is such a great technology to stay connected and share information and resources. But as soon as we're done with this, I want to go outside and look at any plant in the yard. I don't need anything big. I don't need a big palm tree. I literally could look at a blade of grass and be reminded of 
you know, the abundance, or I can just look at my finger, my fingernail even. So yeah, we're walking, talking cellular geniuses, and we don't even <laughs> aren't even consciously aware of all of those minute functions happening on a regular basis. And I, I, if I may, I think one of the things that could help us get back in tune with the abundance of everything that is and everything that we're surrounded with and everything that we are is gratitude. I think that that's the bridge for me, at least is being thankful for the tip of my finger, being thankful for the blade of grass, being thankful for the beings who came together, you know, so I could have oatmeal this morning from the supply chain and all the people and on, you know, in the accounting offices that help those oats get to the store, to the farmers themselves, to the the microbiome of the soil that the oats grew in and and for the water I cooked them in and how that all came here. I mean, it's just gratitude, gratitude. And I mean, just this small bowl of oatmeal this morning had so many people involved, you know, even the people who pump oil so the truck could filled with gas to, I mean, it just, it's exponential. The number of people who are involved in this bowl of oatmeal that I fed to myself this morning. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful to all the beings. And so I think just having this opening of the mind and of the heart, having not just a different mindset, but a different heart set of how grateful I am. And then it opens up to this in infinity loop of wow look what we're a part of look what we get to be a part of and i'm grateful for my digestion and all the things that happen after i mean it's just it just keeps going what about dark chocolate (laughs) (laughs) that's it (laughs) well let's let's circle that back around to your cacao and the different ingredients that you put in these superfoods and love because that is that is your mantra there, right? Love your body, love everybody. And you're talking about that through gratitude, through ingredients, through the high vibe foods and intentions you put into these, these products to be of service to people. Well, um, just a fun little backstory. So um, years ago when I was experimenting on my sons with different superfood mixes, and I remember one Sunday morning, you know, when my kids were, I don't remember exactly how young they were. Let's call it, you know, seven and eight or something. You know, I'm not sure. Six and seven. And they're playing Legos or something in their room. And I'm I'm downstairs making them a really cool green drink. I mean, I'm, I make really great, you know, green drinks, right? And I'm thinking, oh, well, they'll just, they don't even want to come down. They're just going to, they're on a roll up there. I can hear their creativity, you know, and their imagination going. So I, I go up there with these green drinks and here I am in my proud papa moment. Wow, I'm feeding them these great nutrients and they're having fun. They can just keep playing. And one of them looks up at me with this sad face and says, Dad, it's Sunday morning. We don't want pond water. I'm like, pond water? <laughs> here I was, like, it was this great, like, just throw my face like... Dad, can't we have pancakes like normal people? Someone's <laughs> <laughs> tired of the story. She's heard it too many times. But here's the here's the cool thing. It made me realize, get realistic, Derek. Like the average person 
you know, isn't going to want to eat these intense greens for breakfast, especially on a Sunday morning when, you know, you could be in that pancake mentality, right? And pancakes can be a superfood if done, right? You know, they're vitamin P for pancake. I don't know why. Anyway, so, um, so that sent me back to the drawing board. And one of the things I discovered was that if you blend some of these bitter greens into uh, some cacao, or include cacao with the greens. Now, not for everybody. Some people are sensitive to cacao, just that quick caveat. But for kids, especially making a chocolatey morning green drink was the hit, right? It just, all of a sudden, I could embed a ton of greens in this chocolatey shake and they were, ooh, dad, thanks, this is good. Well, that all, like, <laughs> That applies to me. Like I was, I was eating this morning some of our Mayan chocolate meal replacement powder, and it's loaded with eleven gnarly super greens. But the cacao, the cinnamon, a little hint of red chili, and a, a hint of you know powder dehydrated maple syrup. It's delicious and nutritious. So. I think that cacao is a great tool for that, but more importantly, cacao is a heart opener and a, a you know, neuro pathways enhancer and a mood improver. So dark chocolate, especially well-treated, it's a sacred food. And um, uh, we have this great source of cacao here in Hawaii is some of the rarest, finest cacao in the world. And we're, we're really grateful about that. Yeah. So please eat great, quality dark chocolate yeah don't eat the junk because <laughs> yeah. it all ties into the the ethics behind cacao um oh, yeah. you know just to put that in there everything is connected and there are some uh big companies that source cacao where they're using let's just say labor that it isn't fair trade yeah. <laughs> it isn't yeah. yeah it's not okay yeah. so anyway Yes, ethically sourced cacao is a good way to eat chocolate. And perhaps you can feel it for those who are sensitive to that kind of thing. So, Thank you both so much. We've really enjoyed having this conversation with you. And can you let everyone know how they can learn more about superfoods, how they can get Sarva and the book and all of that? Well, so the book is technically kind of out of print. So I'm not going to promote that, but just just create abundance with every breath and every thought and you don't need my book. <laughs> I'm so grateful that Bronwyn read the book cover to cover um, shortly after we met and it really helped us get together. So I don't mean to be that supercilious about the book, but Sarva has a bunch of great information. We put a lot of effort into our website from, you know, blog posts to information on ingredients to a few cute videos and that's at Sarva, S-A-R-V-A-A, superfood.com, Sarva, superfood.com. And uh, it's two A's, so Sarva, S-A-R-V-A-A, then superfood. So thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. thank you both. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. To hear more great conversations that elevate consciousness, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Join our community at epicconsciousliving.com and get your free health tip ebook. We make it easy for you to be epic. 
Do you want to try the best foods on the planet? Visit our friends at Sarva Superfood. All organic, non-GMO, vegan, and allergen-free. Love your body, plant trees, feel amazing. Use the coupon code EPIC20 and receive 20% off your orders. Go to sarvasuperfood.com. That's S-A-R-V-A-A superfood.com. 